Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being we do the hard work and then share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Yep, we're not experts in anything that we talk about though. So that's our little disclaimer. Um, this is just a summary of our research and our findings. But hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you all, we can all learn just a little bit more about a whole bunch of different things. Sounds good to me, Liam. Let's get on with this week's topic, which is the Mariana Trench. Liam. This week's topic, the Mariana Trench, like we always like to do before we get into it, is just have a little thing. What did we know about this topic before we started to research it for the previous week? So can you tell everybody, what did you know about the Mariana Trench? Um, I definitely knew that it is a, the deepest part of the ocean. I think I did know that this week. I think we might have mentioned it way back when, or maybe like our fourth, no, like 10th episode or something when we did about the Mount Everest. I think we might have mentioned it then. Uh, okay. Um, I also think, I think it's part of the Jason Statham film, The Meg, and I think that the giant shark comes out from the Mariana Trench, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> You're like a dinosaur has been sitting down there forever or something. <laughs> okay. Um, so I certainly knew, uh, and, and I am quite right, not about the Meg part. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I did know it. I, I knew at least what it was, but I certainly couldn't talk about it. You know, like, like the plan of the pod. I couldn't yes. now have a conversation. I mean, I could now. Um, did you know any of that? No, do you know, I, I'd heard of it, but I, I knew next to nothing. I can't believe how little I even knew about this. So I heard of it, very deep part of the ocean, um, something to do with James Cameron as well, maybe about going there. And I think that was about it. I couldn't even told you where it was in the world. That's how little that I knew about it. So this has been a, no, I a didn't super, know where it was. super interesting topic to get into. Oh, and I need to just give a, a quick shout out. We had somebody send this in as a topic suggestion to us called Jasper. And it was already on our list of things that we were doing this week. So uh, yeah, nice, nice timing. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the episode, given that this was something that we had already planned to do. So should we, should we jump in then, Liam? Both of us saying we weren't even entirely sure where it was or quite what it was. Should we start there at the beginning? Where and what was it? Yeah, so the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean. It's a giant, it's like a crescent-shaped sort of gash in the Earth's crust, if you like. Um, It's about 1,500 miles long and about 40 miles wide or so. So, it's I mean, it's by no means little. That's a pretty big gash in the crust. But it's near somewhere called the Mariana Islands. And there is no way I knew where they were. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly. So when, when looking into it, like, where is it? Um, yeah, it's just east of the Mariana Islands. Ah, brilliant. Everyone knows where the Mariana Islands are, don't they? So what I then had to do was, where are the Mariana Islands? And it's if you go east of the Philippines... So we're in the Pacific Ocean, east of the Philippines, you go north from Australia. And if you carried on going, you would get up somewhere near Japan. So we're, we're sort of like east of the Philippines is where we are at the moment in this Mariana Trench. And it's 
also then forms part of something that we did in the previous episode when we did volcanoes. It's then also part of the ring of fire, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, I'll talk about it shortly, I guess. Or we'll talk about how, how it was formed. Um, but yeah, it's in that area of volcanic activity where the um, tectonic plates of the Earth collide. But we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. Can I, can I ask you, Liam, when you were saying about the length of it and then how wide it is, I read that it's like the mean measurement of it is 43 miles wide. What, what does the mean mean? So it means the average. Mean is an average. Um, it's the, the average that is most commonly used. If, if you said to everybody, take an average, they would, they would add up you know, all the numbers and then divide by how many numbers there were. That would be the average. So on average, it's 43 miles wide. But that, that would mean that there are parts of it where it's, you know, I don't know, like 20 miles, but other parts of it where it's 60 miles wide. Yep. This is you know, sort of like imagine the Grand Canyon underground, up yes. under the sea. You know, yeah. the Grand Canyon is just a massive dip in in the earth. <laughs> but imagine that being under sea, being way deeper. Um, I don't know how big the Grand Canyon is. Maybe we should do that as a topic. It, I mean, it might not be bigger, but it's certainly deeper. And yes, yeah, super, super far down with, uh, with an interesting story about how it actually got discovered. It's a pretty old thing as well, the Mariana Trench. They reckon it dates back about 180 million years. So, yeah, a long yeah. old time. And it's formed, basically, like we were saying in our, our Volcanoes episode, you can go back and listen to this in a little bit more detail, but that the crust of the Earth is made up of plates which float on the molten rock and the mantle, which then is the core of the Earth. And what you then sometimes have is you have these plates that bash together and they'll either form things that go up or these plates will bash together and one will go below the other one, and you'll end up with something called subduction. You did a, a pretty good analogy in our Volcanoes episode, didn't you, about how the Earth's crust is made up from these different plates? Yeah, I'll have a stab. Imagine the Earth's crust, the bit we're standing on, essentially, is the shell of an egg. But that shell is all cracked. Not cracked into like a million pieces, but certainly cracked into a bunch of pieces. If you held a cracked egg, you could see all the cracks, but the egg itself wouldn't be coming out, would it? No. The egg itself, that we call that like the molten, that's the core of the earth. Then the crust of the earth is all the, the shells. Now, they're basically together, but there's, there's a bit of movement between them, wouldn't there be? If you had two little cracked bits of shell, you would slightly be able to just maybe open it just a smidgen and then close it just a smidgen. That's like the crust of the earth. And those those massive plates are just colliding with each other ever so slightly or pulling it apart. And then you create volcanoes or gashes in the earth. Yeah. And this has happened between two of the plates, the Pacific Ocean plate and the Philippine plate. They are next to each other and they have crashed into each other and they've both dived down where they've crashed into each other. They've both gone down and created this huge gash, um, which we know is the Mariana Trench. Yeah. And that, as I mentioned a second ago, is called subduction. For any of those who have uh, done geography uh, at school. So, yes, yeah, subduction. The Pacific Ocean crust is then bending below the Philippine crust and almost going, going lower and lower. Um, but yeah, 180 million years old. So it's been around a long time. And they think it's, they say it might be one of the oldest places on Earth. But so moving on from that, we're talking about the, the Mariana Trench then. And it's called the Mariana Trench. Because, as we were saying, where it's located, it's located near the Mariana Islands. Uh, sort of. <laughs> sort of. That's etymology alert. I was like, right, 
I've got to find out why it's called the Mariano Islands. It can't just be that. Why is it, uh, it can't be the Mariana Trench just because it's near the islands. It is called the Mariana Trench because it is near the Mariana Islands. But then I was like, I'll just go backwards a little bit. Why is it called the Mariana Islands? So it turns out there used to be a set of islands called Thieves Islands or Islas de los Landrones. Oh, nice. And then in, I'll just repeat that, Islas de los Landrones, Thieves <laughs> Island. They were colonized in 1668 by some Spanish missionaries who were spreading the word of Jesus. And at the time, the Queen of Spain was called Mariana. So they named them the Marianas Islands. Brilliant. That's where okay. that came from. Now, obviously, I could go back again and find out why she was called Mariana <laughs> and just keep going. <laughs> but that's where they got their name from. And that's why that then became the Mariana Trench. Nice. And it's it's also this location, it's like sort of near Guam as well, isn't it? Which Guam is a US territory, I think. And weirdly, the Mariana Trench is owned by the United States. So it's actually one of their historic sites, isn't it? They've given it yeah. historic state. If you look on a map, it's a flipping long way from America. <laughs> like you're saying, this yeah. is over by Japan. This is this is miles and miles away. This is the other side, Hawaii. other side of the Pacific, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I remember going to Hawaii and thinking that was a long way away. It's, it must have been something to do with the war. America must have, have I don't know, taken over Guam and subsequently the islands or something. But yeah, they own, they own it, essentially. They are responsible. They govern it. So, But yeah, I mean, it's a long way from America, though. If you'd have told me, oh, the Mariana Trench, owned by America, you're going to start looking for places near America, aren't you? Yes. But I'm not sure you'd ever find this. <laughs> but it's interesting you say that about not sure you'd ever find it, because the Mariana Trench... It has actually been known about for quite a long time now in relative terms, but it took a long time for it to be found just because it's so deep. And so the first attempt to find it was made about 1875 and it was made by the the Challenger Expedition, wasn't it? Yeah, so they they weren't out specifically to find the Mariana Trench. The, The Challenger Expedition was like the first ever expedition to go and gather data on the ocean like the whole ocean. So this was in 1872, and they spent three and a half years going out. They went about 70,000 miles around the world. They went to just over 500 different places around the world and took like measurements of the currents and marine life and the depth of the sea. Like this was a big deal. This was, they were the first people to do it. There's a little quote from, from the navigating sub-lieutenant Herbert Swire. And he said, we are to visit in succession almost every navigable part of the globe, making a complete circuit of the world and discovering no end of curious and scientific things. Incredible. What an an enormous undertaking to be doing back then, there around 1872 to 1876. Yeah. And then as part of it, obviously they bumbled into this because, you know, think back then, they had no idea. So what they, what they would do is they would drop rope down, right? Yes. And they would basically wait till the rope stopped falling and they could work <laughs> out deeper. The boat had 144 miles of rope on it. That's incredible. Like, uh, how big must those wheels of rope be? <laughs> but imagine, imagine going around the world, right? And you've been to like, you know, you've gone to 500 places. Maybe you've gone to 400 of them and everything is sort of a similar depth, right? You've chopped it like 
a mile or something. Yeah. And then you get to this one and the rope just keeps going. <laughs> Liam, we've got a big one here. <laughs> Liam, it keeps yeah, going. It keeps it's going. not stopping. What's going on? And then I don't think we've actually said it. So what then happened on this Challenger expedition, they dropped all this rope, kept going and going and going, and they came up with a reading of 8,184 metres, which is about just under 27,000 feet, 26,850 feet. So that's yeah. where they they found this. This is at the most southern end of the trench, of the Mariana Trench, and they caught, they thought, wow, we've got something pretty deep here. We need to keep on exploring. Let's um, let's keep on going with this. And so ever since then, people have then been looking and trying to figure out what's the actual deepest part of the ocean, because there is a particular point which is deeper, and it's within the Mariana Trench, isn't it? Yeah, but that was, you know, they, they didn't know it was deeper than that until about 76 years later. So they went out in 1875 and then didn't really go and do it again until 1951. That's only, yeah. what, like 70 years ago. Um, and it was called the HMS Challenger 2, and it went again. This time they had a very primitive form of sonar, and that's how they track the depths nowadays. They can, you know, they can send down sonars. They can actually use global, uh, like GPS satellites, um, you can use satellite imagery as well. You don't need to be dropping ropes down. Yeah. Um, so they had this this much more accurate measure and could measure it much closer to what today's depth is, approaching 11,000 metres, wasn't it? About 36,000 feet. Yeah. And it's it's been tricky for them to get exact measurements. So if you look into this, as Liam and I have done this week, there's sometimes there's a little bit of conflicting information and it's partly down to the technology or partly down to just, you know, exact points where they're measuring, whatever it might be, because it's so far down, it is hard to get a pinpoint accuracy on, on what it actually is. So they've, there've been different depths that have then increased over the years. So in 1957, there was a, a Soviet research ship called Vityaz. They recorded a new depth of 10,990 meters and then that then increased several years later to 11,034 metres. But I think the one that we're settling on now, Liam, do you want to tell everybody what it is? Uh, I'm settling on a 2021 measurement of 10,935 metres. <laughs> but you might have a different one. No, I'll, I'll, the I'll point go with that. Is, the point is all modern estimates are very, very similar. The next, you know, they're so close to being the same as to, it's not. Do you remember when we did Mount Everest and all the different countries that, that claim Everest all wanted it to be at different heights? Yes. Yeah, I don't know whether that's similar here, like who wants to be the ones to discover the official depth, but yeah. But with this, and it's sometimes hard to try and put it into some sort of context, isn't it? About we're saying it's, you know, pretty much 11,000 metres. We're talking about seven miles deep that you're going into the ocean. And this area that we're talking about, this, this most deepest part is called Challenger Deep. And a way of trying to put some sort of context around it is that if you were to turn Mount Everest upside down and then put the point of Mount Everest, the peak, the summit, at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, it then still wouldn't stick out of the ocean, would it? You'd then have about another no, that... 2,000 feet to go. 2,000 metres to go. Sorry, 2,000 metres to feet, go. 7,000 yeah. feet. Yeah, over a mile left, there'd be more than a mile, about a mile and a quarter 
still to go. Yeah. So the deepest point, the, the very deepest point, just to repeat, is they've called it the Ch- Challenger Deep. And they've named it after those two boats that first discovered it, you know, 76 years apart, um, Challenger and Challenger 2. So it's called Challenger Deep is the actual deepest part of the Mariana Trench, which as well is the deepest part of our ocean, which just, yeah, is nearly seven miles deep. And then another way to try and put that into context that I quite liked, if you looked at it the other way, commercial jets fly at 36,000 feet. So if you were to flip it the other way around, you'd be sort of as that, however high that is, it's the opposite way, <laughs> but underneath the yeah. sea, it's a flipping long way. When you see planes in the sky, yeah. it's that that high, but flip it around that low. And a submarine, well, I Googled how, how deep does a submarine typically travel? It's like about 400 meters, or this is 11,000 meters. You know, like a submarine could go to maybe a thousand meters or a little bit more, but this is 11,000. Yeah, uh, it's pretty pretty crazy, isn't it? The, like the, the deepest somebody d- dived without any snorkeling gear, <laughs> snorkeling gear, without any scuba gear, 200 meters. This is 11,000 meters. Yeah. I was expecting for you to actually tell me how many London buses you could then stack on top of themselves to get into the, the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Hey, we could do that live. I'll do it right now. How tall is a London bus? About three <laughs> meters, right? How many threes are there in 11,000? Like 3,666 or something like that. So stick that many on top of each other. 3,666 London buses on top of each other. They can't be three (laughs) metres. They must be higher than that, mustn't they? (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing as well about how low we're talking is that the ocean starts to go super dark. Like it's no longer possible to see after about 200 metres. So, okay. The ocean is super dark after 200 meters. You know, by the time you get to a thousand meters, there's no sunlight that penetrates that far into the ocean. So, you're talking about somewhere that's pitch black and 11,000 meters below the sea and super pressurized, right? So, we all, I think we all know that. You know, the, you know, the deeper we go, the, the reason it's so hard to get there is like you're saying, yeah, it's, it, you can't see anything, but also the pressure is immense. And I didn't really understand this. It was like the pressure is 1,500 times more than you have it at the surface. Like, I don't really know what that means. No. But you told me what it means earlier in the week. Yeah, just put, I was interested to put it really simply, like where, where does that pressure come from? And when you look at it like this, it makes absolute complete sense. The pressure comes from literally having the weight of that much water pushing down upon you. And water is flipping heavy, isn't it? If you've ever carried bottles of water, you can't carry too yeah. many of them because it's, it's super heavy. So if you imagine, if you've got seven miles worth of water above you, that's a that's a lot of pressure that your, your body's not going to be able to cope with. Yeah, which makes getting there very difficult, very expensive. And it means there's hardly anybody's been there, have they? <laughs> but what, what if you... Like, literally literally hardly anybody. What if you were to get teleported there? <laughs> uh, yeah, talking about this pressure. I, d- I did actually read that. Um, you know, if you were teleported there within like 0.01 of a second or something, you'd just be vaporized. You'd, <laughs> yeah. you'd just be like, you'd just be squashed in every direction, just into nothing. It is almost like going to a completely different world, like into outer space, isn't it? The environment is so different, even though it's here on Earth. 
it's like you're trying to go out into outer space without having the the right equipment around you. You would, you would, yeah, in a split second cease to exist. So as you were saying, so not many people have then actually ever been there before because getting there is so difficult. But some people have actually been there, haven't they? Yeah, I think it's a bit like the moon landing. Like the first one was in 1960. And then you'd think once somebody's been, won't people just keep going? Yeah. Like it's just, but it's just, it's it's too expensive, I guess. And it's just, it, yeah, there were 1960, a boat called Trieste. I think it was an Italian boat. I don't know how you say that word, Trieste. I think it's French, yeah. Is it? Uh, crewed by a guy called Don Walsh and Jacques Picard. And they, uh, they got to the bottom in 1960. And it was a bit sad for them, really, that they'd spent years planning it and getting themselves prepared to go down to the bottom of the, the Mariana Trench to the Challenger Deep part. But it took them about five hours to dive down into the trench. They only sat there for about 20 minutes when they got to the bottom because that was all the technology would allow for the pressure to withstand and what they were willing to do. And unfortunately, when they got down there, they spent pretty much all of their time just sat in a plume of their own dust that they'd generated oh, from right. going down yeah, to yeah. the bottom. So they didn't really see anything when they were down there, just a cloud of their own stirred up silt from the bottom of the ocean. I think, I think Rolex, did you read anything about Rolex putting no. a watch on that? No, I don't know that. I think they sent it down or they've sent one down on a sub before. And then like the, the, the advert being this Rolex can withstand, it might be called a Challenger Rolex or a Trieste Rolex or something. Um, you know, that it can withstand the pressure at 11,000 meters. Um, I'll have to look into that for our wrap up at the end of the series. Cause yeah, we'll do that. I, I didn't quite read enough about it to then talk about it, but someone might know the answer. So let us know. Um, you said earlier, James Cameron, super famous yes. film producer, Terminator 2, best film of all time, Alien, Avatar. You went down there, didn't you, 2012? Yeah, 2012. He self-funded it and helped build the, the vessel that went down there as well, which he called it Deep Sea Challenger, um, which he helped yeah, design and build, which is, which is pretty cool. He then set the record for being the first person to go that far on their own, so a solo dive. Okay. Um, yeah, which which hadn't been done previously. Yeah, to so James Cameron, which is a yeah pretty cool thing to do to go down there if uh, if you can do it. Uh, and then there was somebody else who then went down who was called Victor Vescovo in 2019, and he was then became the record holder of being the person who had been the furthest below sea level. He actually made a number of dives in in the same time in. He did five dives going into the trench. Yeah, this Victor guy, he, he did go down a few times. I watched the thing, um, it was on YouTube, I think it was by the BBC, they must have done a documentary, and he said that it took him four hours, three and a half hours to get down. He was at the bottom for four hours, and then it took him four hours to get back up. Oh, wow. But he said, you know, took all of his power and all of his energy, had to use all of his batteries, uh, he had to keep changing circuit boards and things like that to make sure he had enough power to come back up. Um, ah. So, sounded quite exciting. <laughs> Trying to make it even more exciting. Try and get a film deal out of it or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but another guy, and a more recent one, twenty twenty one, um, an adventurer and a, a video game designer, randomly, Richard Gario or Garriott. He's actually visited the North Pole and the South Pole, and has been on the International Space Station as a tourist, and now he's been in the Mariana Trench. 
uh, into the challenger deep point of the Mariana Trench. So first guy to have done all those. That's so pretty cool. Deep pockets, so we've um, we've actually done topics on those, haven't we? We've done... Yeah, just not the North Pole. The ISS, Antarctica, and now we've done this. Maybe try and see if we can get him on. Have a little chat with him. Yeah. Do you think they see anything down there? One thing, one of the main things I think that I did read about or want to know about is there can't be anything down there, can there? Well, yeah, that's the, the tricky thing, isn't it? With saying that you you lose sunlight and sunlight is really important for things to live, there was a lot of debate whether animals or sea creatures could actually live down there. And it wasn't until you had Jack Picard and Don Walsh, the first people going down in 1960. So I said that they were sat in this plume of darkness for the majority of the time. It wasn't until they then were able to have their their big lights on, their, their flashlights on to see what was going on, that they actually got a glimpse of a fish, didn't they? They got a glimpse of an animal while they were down there, which yeah, they're quite good saying the argument. Yeah, they're quoted as saying, here in an instant was the answer that biologists has asked for decades. Could life exist in the greatest depths of the ocean? It could. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if they said, is there any proof it was there? They just say it was there. <laughs> yeah, we saw it. Oh, I saw a shark. <laughs> it's interesting, though, that they're, like, researchers have now gone into this a lot more now. And it's not just people that are going down. They're sending robots down there, aren't they? And having um, you know submarines, remote-controlled submarines that can go down there doing all these different expeditions. But they've actually discovered a, a surprising amount like of diversity in such harsh conditions of different animals that are able to live in this complete darkness under this incredible pressure that we've spoken about. And there are some pretty strange animals and creatures that are there. There's one in particular, isn't there? That's the, is it the, the Mariana snailfish, which they've now... Pseudoliparis swirei. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Yeah, the Mariana snailfish. It's funny because, like, I was trying to, like, what do they live off? But it turns out, you know, because we were saying, because this is a volcanic, where, where the two um, tectonic plates collide, there is a lot of volcanic activity. So a lot of the time, the water is like one degrees because, like you said, there's no sunlight and it's basically bottom of the ocean. But it does warm up quite considerably when these, like, volcanic yes. eruptions take place and they yep. release these gases and things. And that, what they do is they release minerals into the water, like the, the fancy minerals that are in the, I don't know, in the, the core of the earth, I guess. And um, these different animals can live off those. So that's why, you know, that's how they're surviving. But if you're down at the bottom, right, even if you've got really, really bright lights, you yeah. can only see as far as your eyes can see, can't you? So what, like, it's not like these are then tooling around and and... Yeah. scouting out hundreds and hundreds of square miles of the bottom. Yeah. Like, there must be so much stuff they've not seen. They, they massively think that, don't they? That they've they've really um, not been able to, to get to know the most of what's down there. There are some unbelievable looking creatures that you see as you get on the way down. So as we're saying, after a few thousand meters, you run out of sunlight. There's a, we'll post these on our Instagram and Facebook at Two Guys One Topic, you've got something called a Dumbo octopus, which is like this bizarre looking octopus with massive ears as if it was an elephant. Then you've got something which is a bit of a horrific looking fish called the, the deep sea dragonfish. 
almost looks yeah. like it should be something from Alien, um, like without you know a proper skull and these horrible teeth coming out of it. You got something around six thousand feet called the Barrelide Fish, and when you when you start to get this deep where there's no sunlight, you often find that you get animals that are have like bioluminescent parts to them. So yeah, they make their own make their own own light, and then they trick other animals into then getting attracted to this light and then they then eat them up um and then probably the the oddest looking scariest thing that i saw this week was something called a goblin shark which it looks it looks like a shark but almost with like a, a human's head from like lord of the rings type thing it's like got an orc's head on it with these massive protruding protruding jaws and this massive extending jaw that comes out to eat things up and that it's disgusting anyway we'll post that up on our, our instagram they're the types of things that you yeah. might see if and when anyone travels down not something to worry about though because like it's so deep they ain't gonna get you because you can't not be in a submarine <laughs> yeah that's a good point like, <laughs> like, I don't know. but in terms of then discovering what is down there there's a lot of research that's going into it because we feel like we know so little about the Mariana Trench, the um, the Challenger Deep that we've got, and then also the, the second deepest part of the ocean, which is also in the Mariana Trench, called the Serena Deep. And so there's all these parts that we're getting more and more of an idea about. But in truth, we know very little, don't we? And they're still trying to map it out. Yeah, there's a project. like a, It's part of a UN initiative. It's called Seabed 2030. And uh, they're trying to map, they reckon they can map the whole world, uh, the whole world's oceans by 2030, um, because we just haven't done it. They've mapped, you can check it on their website there, we've mapped 23.4% of the seabed at the minute. Um, and they're, they're basically trying to encourage um, other research institutions, governments, different companies, you know, people who have, who have mapped a seabed to share their knowledge and to share their information so they can put it all into one place. You know, because I imagine, imagine a company like BP and all their oil rigs and stuff, they must have mapped loads of the ocean to work yes. out whether they can put an oil rig there. Yeah. But to who have they shared that information? You yeah. know? So I think they're, um, they're trying to, uh, yeah, they're trying to get it all together to try and try and get all this information. Some other things that I was reading about it is the Mariana Trench, you know, even though it's the, the deepest place on earth, it's still not managed to avoid having plastic waste going into it. Yeah. And yeah. they've then been taking samples of the animals and samples of the the um, the ocean way down there. And there are still microplastics that are are getting to the animals. So yeah, it's not managed to avoid the the pollution that's going on in the rest of the ocean. No, um, what does the bottom of the Mariana Trench look like? You said they they created this big old plume when they landed. You know, yeah. I don't know if loads of listeners must have walked. You know, when you walk across the sea, yep. you're walking at your feet in the water. Yep. Every time your feet hit the sand, you can't see your feet for like 30 seconds, can you? Because the yep. sand goes kadoosh, like a big cloud. And then it then it settles. Is the bottom of the Mariana Trench sand? No, no, it isn't at <laughs> all. And it's pretty disgusting what it is. And it makes sense. It makes sense when you think about it. But we were saying it's 180 million years old. And at the bottom of it, things gradually then sink down. At the very bottom, it's this yellowy, gloopy bottom where it's filled up of carcasses of old dead animals, really, isn't it? 
Yeah, basically it all goes to the bottom, doesn't it? And that's the bottom of the bottom. So it all gets there eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also, I, I read that it's not anywhere near um, like any sort of rivers that deposit into the sea. And I don't know if that also means like there are special current areas of the sea where they sort of flow into something. So there's no, there's no deposits of rocks or anything dropping in there. So it, it uh. keeps its depth. It remains quite deep. You know, it's not like loads of stones are falling in and just surely making it shallower. Um, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. After 180 million years, it would start to stack up, wouldn't it? If you're having rocks and stuff getting deposited into it. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Well, you've got all the bodies going in there. So maybe it, maybe it is a bit shallower. I was thinking as well, this as well, right? When they measure it, what if you're on a big wave at the time? What if you measure it as the wave lifts you up? <laughs> it might be like five feet deeper, <laughs> wouldn't it? Wait for a big wave to come, then measure it. <laughs> they must take an average, must they? They must just do it for like a certain amount of time and then just track how deep it is and just average it out. I found this interesting that even though the trench is as deep as it is, it's not actually the spot that's closest to the centre of the earth. Yeah, I read this because we're because um, it's egg shaped, isn't it? Because the earth yeah. is egg shaped. There are parts of the earth that are actually closer to the core of the earth than S- that part. So the Mariana Trench is quite close to the equator. And if you think about the Earth, it's probably shaped a little bit more like a satsuma. So it sort of like squeezes in and bulges out at the edges. So even though that's the yeah. deepest place on Earth, it's not actually the, the closest to the core. If you wanted to go to the place with, that's closest to the core, you'd have to go to the North or the South Pole, which is about 16 kilometers closer. It's ah, a long way. Okay, so throwing out facts out there. Do you want to hear my takeaway for this week? Yes. Yeah, go on. I've got a good one. This is etymology-based. All right? So a word I always think of when you talk about submarines and the depth of the ocean, the word is fathom. We are 15,000 fathoms under the sea. Okay. 45,000, whatever it is. I was like, what on earth is a fathom? (laughs) Yeah. Okay? So... Let's go. So they used to, when they used to measure the depth of the ocean, they would, like we said, they'd drop ropes in and these ropes would have um, flags on so they could count them. The flags would be arms width apart. So every flag, imagine open your arms, you put a flag at each hand and then you move it in. So when you counted in the rope, you could count the flags as you go, right? Okay. But the word fathom is an old English word meaning outstretched arms. Oh, wow. Okay. So a fathom became a measurement of depth because the, the distance between these flags was equal to your outstretched arms. Okay. But that distance, because most men, grown adults, are a sort of similar height, aren't they? Yeah. Your outstretched arms are about the same, and that became about six feet. And then eventually it just became that a fathom was six feet because your outstretched arms width was typically around about six feet. <laughs> so a fathom is officially six feet because that is the width of your arms and that is how wide the flags were on the old measuring. Right, okay. Yeah, definitely learned something there. The earlier use of the word fathom means to embrace. So to fathom someone was to wrap your arms around them because that's all the similar, it's all similar, isn't it? Your arms <laughs> yeah. width is a fathom. <laughs> yeah, and then you hear the phrase, I can't fathom it out. That's to mean I can't, I can't take a depth. Like it would be, I, I can't fathom this. I can't take a depth. I don't understand how deep this is. Yeah. So it then became, it just came away from the sea. I just can't fathom that. Uh, you know, it, to mean I, I just can't do it. You've definitely gone down a rabbit hole. 
<laughs> on Fathom. That's good, though, isn't it? That's cool. <laughs> I'm definitely remembering that. That's my number one memory of this whole thing. <laughs> I like that. I um, I've probably got a cheeky two for one on the old uh, takeaways this week. One of them super quick, which is when we spoke about Mount Everest, you've got thousands of people that have climbed and successfully scaled to the summit of Mount Everest, which is the highest point on earth. But there is only six people that have managed to descend to Challenger Deep. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? It's way, Mm -hmm. way easier to go up Mount Everest, which as we learn about, is a, a massive undertaking in itself, but there's only six people that have managed to go to the deepest point on earth. And then I'll, I'll just tell you this, um, this, this one really quickly, that we've been talking about Challenger Deep being known as the deepest point in the ocean, but it isn't actually the deepest point on earth. Oh, So what it is, it is the deepest known naturally occurring point on earth. But what happened yeah. is... In Russia, they decided to bore a hole called the Kola Superdeep Borehole, and it's 10% deeper than Challenger Deep. It took 20 years of drilling. It's a depth of about 40,000 feet, and they had to stop drilling after all those 20 years because unexpectedly the temperatures shot up to around 180 degrees celsius which is 356 degree fahrenheit when they got super far down so i don't know if they started panicking thinking "Uh oh we're actually getting to the center of the earth here we should probably stop our drilling so yeah they're gonna they're gonna create a volcano they're gonna think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the magma's gonna spray it out the top and just for some reason, the earth just like self-implodes on itself because all of the, the, the mantle yeah. shooting out. So yeah, the Kola super deep borehole is actually the deepest point on the planet. But Challenger Deep in the Mariana Trench is the deepest naturally occurring point. What an interesting topic. What an interesting episode. What add this to if you add this to your helping my kids with their homework episodes. Yes. This is this is like one of them. Add this along with volcanoes and the Olympics and you know things like that. Learning, learning school things. Yeah, what a cool episode. Um, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed this week. Um, like I said, sort of knew about it beforehand. Had no idea how it was found. Had no idea how deep it was. Didn't know anybody had been down there. You know those sorts of things. Really, really interesting though. Super interesting. We hope everybody has enjoyed learning about the Mariana Trench this week, especially Jasper for the one who suggested this topic. Big up, Jasper. And if anybody else has any other topics they'd like to suggest, please do that. We'll have our our listener choice towards the end of the series. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you want to leave us any comments or ask us any additional questions or just get in touch, then you can do so via our socials, which is at Two Guys One Topic on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We'll be with you next Tuesday with a new episode. But until then, get out there and share some Mariana Trench knowledge.